We hope you enjoy this message and that it encourages and inspires you. For more information, head to lifepointwithanee.org.au. Finally found out what's happening at LifePoint. I want to say thanks to our tech team. Like we've got a skeleton staff here and there are hands and feet going everywhere and they're doing an amazing job. And it's so special to be online with you today. I want to bring the word to you and I just want to really ask that God would meet you as we come to the word. Just something God gave me on the week, put on my heart. And um, you may not agree with everything I say. It's not about agreeing with everything I say. The main thing is you've got to agree with the main point that comes out. Let me pray. Lord, I pray today that you would lead us and guide us as we come to your word. Thank you for your word. Thanks for the power of your word. Thank you, God, that it doesn't change. And I pray that you'd meet us where we're at, that you'd speak to us, and we'll hear what you're saying to us personally in our hearts, and our hearts would be soft to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. In Jesus' name, amen. A few years ago, I had the privilege of going on a compassion trip to Jakarta to um, meet our compassion children, which we as a church support. And um, it was just so special to be there and connect with those children, connect with the churches and what was happening. One particular day, I was walking from our hotel to the shopping um, complex. And on the way, there was this young lady with a child that would have been probably one or two, and she was begging. And we're with a couple of people who are Indonesians and I wanted to give her some money. I saw what was happening. I saw the situation and I just wanted to help and solve it. And they said, Phil, by giving her money, you won't help her at all. I said, what do you mean? She's got a baby. She's begging. There's some needs there. And I give her money. It's going to help. But they said, Phil, you're only looking at the surface of it. There are layers behind what's happening here. And the layers are simply that some probably, probably a businessman has put her up there, organised a child, which probably isn't her child, and all the begging she does and all the money she gets will go to that businessman. It doesn't help her or help the child at all. So if you invest money or you give money to her, you're not helping her at all. You're creating a bigger problem by them realising that if they put more beggars out in the street, they'll get more money. And I realised, Wow. I looked at the top level, but I didn't look at the layers. And I really believe today, that's a message for us. Rather than looking at the top level of what's going on, there are layers that the Spirit of God is trying to do for us and in us and through our nation so the church can shine at this time. And rather than just confronting the top layer, let's try and find out 
what the Spirit of God is saying. And I want to go to Acts chapter 3, where the same thing was happening for the early disciples. Let me read Acts chapter 3. It says, One day, when Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon, now the man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple where he was put every day to beg from those who were going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Now, I wonder why Peter and John said, look at us. My interpretation of that is, Hey, mate, look at us. Look what we're wearing. Look at who we are. Do you think we've got money to help you with your begging? And they could have stopped there and they could have seen the situation as it was and thought, no, we don't have any money. We can't make a difference. We'll move on. But the Spirit of God was leading them and guide them, guiding them and they look at, looked at something a lot different. Rather than just seeing and hearing this beggar just begging wanting money, as everybody else did, and whoever could gave him money. Rather than just rattling the tin, they realised there was a person behind that tin. Then it goes on to say, Then Peter said, Silver and gold we don't have, but what we have we're going to give to you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, walk. Taking him up by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and leaping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognised him as the same man who used to be begging at the temple gate. And they were filled with wonder and amazement with what had happened. Something great had just happened. This guy who was just begging, wanting money, no longer had to beg, but God transformed him and gave him wholeness so that he could serve Jesus. But in doing good, a problem arose. There were the Sadducees, they were the captain of the temple guard, and some of the religious leaders of the time, and they weren't happy because they could see that Peter and John were pushing a cause, not just healing a man. So they went to them and said, by what authority are you doing these miracles? In whose name are you preaching this message? So suddenly, there's a massive problem. They had a problem. They had just healed a man in Jesus' name. Now that problem had escalated. And now the religious leaders obviously saw a miracle and they were upset with them, not because of the miracle, but because of what they thought they were pushing. So they were saying to them, don't, whatever you do, preach Jesus. So we start with a physical issue. Someone needing money turns to a spiritual encounter where the guy, the person is physically healed by God, but then it escalates. It doesn't stay with the guy, but it escalates to the spiritual climate of the people at the time. So James and John are just not do, dealing now with the healing of a man. They have been thrown in to the whole climate and the issues of the people and what was going on in the nation at the time. I don't think it's unlike the church today. 
that we have been thrown in to what is happening in our nation and what is going on at the moment. And we as a church need to find our place and what we need to do. But for, for Peter, and um, he was challenged by this, and what they said, if you talk about Jesus, we will arrest you, we will beat you, and we will execute you. So they had a problem. They talk about Jesus, that was going to be the end of their life. So what do you think Peter and John did? They prayed. And that's the right thing to do. They prayed. Now, if you were in that situation, you'd healed someone, you'd done the right thing, You'd been accosted by the leaders of the time and you're told you cannot do that again. How would you pray? Would you pray, oh God, just um, rapture me quickly. God, just transform their hearts so I can get on with what God wants to do. What's your prayer generally each day? Is they praying for more for you? God, give me a better job. God, help my marriage. God, just give me better kids. Help me just enjoy life. Help me enjoy my connect group. Help me enjoy my... Christian music, help me just go to church and not worry about anyone else and just enjoy the journey. Would you pray something easy like that? Or would you pray like they prayed? And they prayed something really deep and really, really challenging. They had a dangerous prayer. And um, because following Jesus wasn't meant to be easy, they decided that they would launch into this, they would hold on to God and they say, God, we want to pray a prayer that's going to make a difference here. We just don't want to pray, God, protect us from what's going on around us, but God, help us make a difference in what's going on around us. So they prayed. In verse 30, they said, O Lord, hear their threats. They're saying, God, take note of their threats. And then they said, and God, give your servants great boldness in preaching the word. Their heart was, even though there was opposition, the main thing was the main thing, and they wanted to get on with preaching the word of God. What was happening here is they were looking beyond the physical to embrace the spiritual in the situation. They could have fought with these guys. They could have argued with the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the temple guard. They could have had great arguments with them. But rather than arguing with them, they were looking at the spiritual climate and what was happening. And they wanted to really invest in changing the spiritual climate. You know, God calls us, and I believe God is calling us today to see beyond the actual, to see what He is doing. God, what are you doing at the moment? We're all in lockdown today. God, what's the church's role during lockdown? God, what's my personal role during lockdown? God, what are you saying to the church in our nation at such a time as this? Because as it was back in those days, the presenting issue is not always the real issue. We can focus on the presenting problems, but sometimes they're not the issues that God wants to deal with. God didn't want me to give money to, that be- to the lady begging because it wouldn't have made any difference. But God wanted me to pray that God would work in her heart and that she would find peace and be released from her situation. Our prayer focus... And our expectation of God sometimes hinders what God wants to do because we focus on this layer, this top layer, rather than look at what God is doing in our lives. Maybe today God is doing something in your life. Maybe 
Through this week, God has been doing something particular in your life and you've been focusing on that or you've been complaining to God about what's happening or you've been angry about not God not answering prayer the way that you wanted it to be answered. But really, deep down, God is doing something completely different because God is doing a work in your heart. I know there's been times in my life when people around me, I've been narky with people around me and thought, what's going on with them? Why don't you, God, do something to change them? It's not long after I pray a prayer like that, God turns around and says, God, it's got, Phil, it's got nothing to do with the people around you. It's got everything to do with you. We can look at the presenting. Just focus on the presenting, but it's not the presenting that God wants to deal with. It's those deeper issues. The lame man was just a catalyst that unveiled the real problem of the time. And the real problem was people were rejecting Jesus and they needed to accept him. There was more going on than met the eye. Peter and John did not get caught up in the issues. They preached Christ, the power of his resurrection and that he could make a difference in their lives. And as I look across our nation, there's more going on in our nation than meets the eye. The pendulum is swinging. Back in Peter and John's day, the pendulum was way over here. Everything was anti-Christ, anti what Christ wanted to do, anti who he was, anti-Christian. But over the years, it swung right back over here where our whole society was built on Christian values and Christian moral standards. But in the last number of years, it has swung back this way. And the devil wants us to think there's nothing we can do. But I want to remind you this morning, Peter and John started a cause, started a movement when they stood up for who Jesus was and proclaimed his message. They started a movement They took the pendulum and swung it right across the other side. It may have taken a number of years, but it swung it across the other side. I want to say today that as the church across our nation, I believe that we can turn this pendulum around and move it back here. But we've got to hear the heart of God and we've got to do it the way God wants us to do it. Now, if I can be really candid here, we are having a nation that's polarising. They, they polarise back, they polarised over the same-sex marriage debate. And the church lost that debate and they lost it badly and they lost credibility because it wasn't done out of a spirit of love. And here, as I look at this, I see Peter and John. They could have attacked the Pharisees and the Sadducees, but they did out of a spirit of love. They shared Christ and Christ will make a difference. Today, we've got the whole COVID debate, lockdown or no lockdown, um, vaccine or no vaccine, Queensland app or no Queensland app. And there seems to be, we've got a nation that's polarising. It's one side or the other. There's no middle of the road. And we as people and we as Christians are trying to decide which side do we sit on? Peter and John didn't decide which side they sat on. They went to the back to the main thing. And the main thing is what they are called to do and what God wants us to do. What Christians need to respond to is, what is God saying in this? Not the question, what side do I need to take? What is God saying in this for the church to step up? Here's an opportunity. There's so many needs across our nation at the moment. Here is the opportunity 
for churches to step up to make an impact, to make an incredible difference as they do stuff out of love. The big thing that Peter and John had for them was beside them was a man who was lame from birth, 40 years old. He was transformed and no one could question the miracle that had happened. For many of us, we've got stories of the miracles of God and what God has done in our life. And as we start to share those miracles, as we share the power of God, as we share what He's done, no one can question that. If we get caught in in debates and we just get stuck in debates, rather than presenting the gospel and presenting Jesus in love, we're going to miss what I really believe the Spirit of God is giving the church an opportunity. The needs are there. Now's the time for we as a church to speak out in love the mighty gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, as I look past in my life, I see it was the boldness of Christians who didn't debate the Christian message, but the boldness of Christians who were bold about their love for God and their love for me that transformed my life and brought me through to Jesus. When they were willing to say grace when they knew that I would mock them, they said grace in front of me, there was a boldness there. But they did not do that to knock me. They did that because they were passionate about God. When they prayed a prayer and asked God to do something and they shared the answer, I realised that God is at work and I can't question that because... I see and heard the miracles that God performed. The people this time, they saw a walking miracle in front of them. There was no way that they could question that. It goes on to say in verse 12 there, when Peter saw the astonishment of the crowd, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this healing surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness, we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of your fathers has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate. You disowned the holy and righteous one. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man who you see now has been made strong. In Jesus' name and by faith in him, He has been completely healed as you see today. The testimony of what God had done, no one could question that. And that was powerful and that was mighty. And maybe it's a time that we start to to write our testimonies on Facebook as we start to let people know what God is doing that they can't question when God gives us a healing, when God provides for us, when God opens the door for us. Maybe we need to learn to share boldly, but to share differently, to share our relationship with Jesus and what this incredible, amazing God has done as He's come into our life to transform us and make us different. You know, Being bold really matters. When we're bold for God, there are some amazing things that happens. When we're bold for His kingdom, bold prayers. Boldness usually triggers spiritual opposition. When you're bold, step out in the face, start sharing your testimony, start sharing about what Jesus has done. Yes, there is going to be opposition. That will happen. There's usually opposition. But boldness also releases miracles. When we're bold for God, when we pray for someone, when we step out in faith, boldness releases the power of God and releases 
miracles. Peter and John, not long after this, were in prison. They prayed in prison, and what happened? Suddenly, an angel shows up, opens up the door, and lets them out of prison. We'll have a lot more suddenlies when we step out in boldness and declare the goodness of God and our relationship with the living God. When we put our time into focusing on our relationship, sharing our relationship and the goodness of God, that's going to impact lives and impact hearts. So boldness, yes, triggers opposition. Boldness releases miracles, but also boldness requires faith. And our prayer needs to be, God, give me the faith to be bold. Give me the faith, Lord, to to step out. Give me the faith, Lord, to share what you have done. And the last thing I just want to say to you, never, ever lose focus on what the Lord has done. The Lord has done some amazing things. The Lord is with you. The Lord's grace, His mercy, His love is always with you. Hang on to that. Share those great things that He has done. And you know, as I see what's happening in our nation, as I see what's happening in the world, I really believe it's getting closer to Christ returning. It's getting closer for Him to set up the whole one world stuff so that He'll come back and He'll come back in power and authority. Hebrews 10, 23 and 25, just sums it up all for this time and exactly what I'm saying. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another up towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. The Bible says, blessed are those who are found waiting for God's return because they're focused on what He's doing. Hey, in the busyness of life at the moment, don't miss it. God's setting things up. God's at work. His message must get out. And very soon, He's coming back. He's coming back because He loves us. I'd love to invite you to join with me in communion. So you might have to scurry really quickly to find something for communion. But I'd just really love us to just finish, just finish this message by realising it's about Jesus. It's about those beautiful things that He's done. For the people of Israel, as they went into the, the Promised Land, the first thing they had to do was take the rocks out of the Jordan, put them there, and make a pile of those rocks so they would remember what the Lord has done. So when the kids asked, what are those rocks for? They said, the Lord has done this. And maybe you're a parent today. I want to encourage you, take a moment to tell your kids what the Lord has done, how He's transformed your life, how He's changed you, how He's made an incredible difference for you.